Podcast. I'm here today to talk to you about a serious matter millions of Americans struggle with each and every day. Do you suffer from a moderate to severe disinterest in life? Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with social perplexia, a general knowledge deficiency? Then poop culture, with all the snatch them in, may be right for you. The Poop Culture Podcast gives you your minimum daily required allowance of popular culture, comedy, and general tomfoolery. Please operate heavy machinery while listening to Poop Culture. If you achieve an erection lasting more than four hours, then good for you. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, nausea, diarrhea, general sense of euphoria, hallucinations, side and stomach cramps, social gaping, anal leakage, and dry mouth. Listen to the Poop Culture podcast and gain the confidence you need to relate to people once again. No need to ask your doctor because Poop Culture is right for you. Poop culture, yeah, it's a poop culture. All right, so tonight is Wednesday night, and we're here with another episode of Poop Culture. And today I'm joined by, of course, Jay Big Love. He's somewhere on the left. Wednesday. Maybe, maybe on the right. <laughs> Wednesday or Thursday. Then on the right, I have a man, Mark James, new co host. What's going on, fellas? Not much, man. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, welcome, Mark. Welcome to the uh, to the fun. To the fun. We're, Thank you. We we're just talking about a new logo with your face. Yeah, on it. yeah. It appears that Mark is like uh, playing King of the Hill with our heads and the new logo. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Ex- I'm not going to tell you exactly what I was doing back there, but yeah, I don't want to know. A little disturbing. We're in a skeevy bathroom, and there's three guys coming out of one toilet. What are really- all? What are all of us is catching Hep C? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> probably really, all of us. It really sucks that we had to pose still for that long for her to draw that character. I, I still have a cramp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, I hope you never touch my head again. <laughs> it's like a CBGB's bathroom or yeah, something. Yeah, did you have to pull my hair out? <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the bathroom from Train Spotting. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of movies, though, let's, uh, let's roll right in. We got this this whole episode's like kind of alien theme because we're going to have Mike Barra on from Ancient Aliens. So what we did was we made an alien movie tournament, sort of like uh, an NCAA tournament. Uh, but we only went with 16 movies right now. A little grumbling on the internet because we didn't pick some movies, but I'll tell you what, we did kind of go back and forth for a little while at least. And if this works out really well, we'll put out another side of this tournament. But uh, I just want to go over that bracket with you fellas and see if you guys can figure where the numbers kind of landed right now because I was surprised by some. And Rick, let me just – I just got to say this. Thank yeah. you to all of our fans out there that participated in this because we have huge numbers coming in here, oh, yeah, numbers which I was surprised to see. Big. I mean 500,000 hits and one – we almost crashed the web server. Well, that's because I'm on the show now. So. Oh, that's true. You have a following, I, right? I, I do have a following. 
Yeah. It's uh, small, and I can't go go near most schools. But hey, yeah. you know, it is say, what it is. I noticed that they were all registered. <laughs> yeah, well, they all have their own website and their pictures up for some reason. Yeah, that's not their website. It ends in .gov. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so, as you were right. saying. So let's roll into uh, the beginning. So the first part of the bracket, the War of the Worlds versus Aliens. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if you guys guessed what this was going to be, but Aliens is winning. They have 97.78% of the votes. And I'll just break that down. The other one has one. We said Aliens because we know the movie's called Alien, but there was like a few of them. So I might as you know, we just left it as Aliens. Well, oh, that's what you think. The second movie was yeah. entitled Aliens, and it is the more superior oh. of the of the quadrilogy. Okay, so. fun fact. Gotcha. So Aliens <laughs> is kicking butt. War of the Worlds, that's with uh with Tom Cruise. Yeah, so I mean, what do you expect? And I know the guy that voted for that because he tweeted to us to tell me that he was the only person that voted for that. And, and then he was like pound sign Scientology. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's hilarious that Aliens is beating Tom Cruise. That's irony in itself. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. But destroying. That's not even... It was a fucking no-hitter up until maybe like five hours ago. We're actually going to delete War of the Worlds and just put Tom Cruise. That's not a bad idea. I mean, he might he might get more votes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so we'll go into uh, the next part of the bracket, and we have E.T. versus Predator. Uh, would you guys like to cast a guess on where there's, you think this is? All right, let me. There's no way that any movie is going to beat Predator, the ultimate alien movie. Okay. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Predator. I grew up watching it. It's one of my all-time favorite action movies. But E.T. is just quality cinema. I mean, it's Steven Spielberg probably at his best. Uh, launched the career of Drew Barrymore. Launched into Drew Barrymore. Everybody <laughs> launched into Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think E.T. solid film. Uh, you know, it did win four Oscars. So I could understand how people could put that over Predator. But my vote would have to go with Predator still. All right. Well, you're both correct. Predator, 79% of the votes are rolling with Predator right now. E.T.'s not doing terrible. They're not getting, you know, whopped as bad as uh, War of the Worlds, but still oh. pretty bad. At the uh, box office for the same thing. Are you talking about E.T.? E.T. E.T. did bring in $434 million gross. I believe that. I mean, E.T. was like, it was the shit when it came out. Yeah, that. Do you remember? Do you remember when it came out? Everybody wanted it on VHS, and they held it on from being released on VHS because it did so well in the theaters for over a year. And since then, they've changed that. If it does well in the theaters, they hurry it out to home release. Yeah, I noticed now. You see a movie in the theater, and then like a, a month later, you're like, "Oh, it's on DVD." Right. If it did well in the theaters, they, they, they want to ride that money train as long as they can. So they pop it out on Blu-ray as fast as they can now. But that's not how it used to be. On VHS, if it did well in the theaters, geez, they would they would hold on from releasing it for a year or two in some situations. Yeah. Without looking, without cheating, don't look at your stat sheet. Now, Predator might be kicking ass right here. Predator did come out as rated R. What do you guys think the gross... Of Predator was oh, Predator one, uh, just in the movie theater. Yep, yep. I don't know. I mean, 
back then the numbers were a lot lower than what we're yeah, used these to are, now. ET was way it was before Predator, and that right. did four hundred thirty four million oh. in nineteen eighty two. So nineteen eighty seven Predator came out. Give me a number. Go one two right. three go. Uh, two hundred fifty mil. Okay, and Mark. Uh, go. 175 million. Both wrong. You made 59 million dollars. What? Wow. Oh. I did not know that. That is Even with the body in there? Come on. Harsh. <laughs> he made the movie. <laughs> what would have made the movie was uh the fact that the movie could have been so much better if they had gone with the original casting. Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally cast as the Predator. Showed up on set, and when he found out he was going to be wearing a suit and a mask the whole time, backed out. But. I think they would have made nine million dollars if. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did they? Did he at least find out that he had that little triangular laser gun thing that he could use? I don't think they had that originally. I think no? originally, the, the I've seen the costume the prototype. It almost looked like a like a dinosaur. And it was very weird looking. So he wouldn't have been able to do his signature spin kick and all that other bullshit. Yeah, but he could incorporate like the tail kick in there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He would have looked like a ninja turtle. <laughs> he already <laughs> looks like a ninja turtle. So what do we learn from what do we learn from this? That Jean Claude Van Damme too good for Predator? Not not too good for breaking. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Break you don't know what breaking is? Well, it's funny. Like I wouldn't show a young boy breaking. You know, if you're if you're raising a young boy, there are mm. two movies that you you have to show every young boy to make him a man. It's a oh, rite of passage. What? Wait, what are the two movies that you have to show him? One is Predator, oh. and two is Commando. You have to. So they're not well, whiny little bitches when they grow up. I showed my son Breakin recently. Well, did you show him the other two? Well, haven't got to Predator yet, and uh, Commando. Well. It, at least there's the Alyssa Milano factor. <laughs> she was all right in that movie. Schwarzenegger was atrocious, but what? Come on. All right, we we're gonna agree to disagree, so we can move <laughs> on. We gotta move on. Uh, the next in the bracket, we got Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus Independence Day, and this one I thought it would be a lot closer. But Independence Day is winning with 66% of the votes. You know Why what? I, I, I went and looked at when that movie came out. It was in 96. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, man. I, don't, I felt like that movie was, for 1996, that movie was the shit. When that came out and, you know, the big laser beam came down and blew up the building at the beginning. Yeah. That was like next level special effects at the time. It was all, uh, that was the beginning of the CGI craze. It still looks decent now. Yeah, it, it really it does. Stands the, the test mo- of time. Yeah. yeah, the movie holds up really well. It did win an Oscar for best visual effects, and if you remember, it it restarted a genre that had been had been gone in in movies for a while, and that was the uh, post apocalyptic uh, event movie. You know, like the, yeah. where something was going to destroy the world. And, and boy, has that come back in a big way. Oh, it has. And and our buddy really- Jeremy Aiello uh, worked on. On that movie. Hey guys, I don't want to break in, but I have Mr. Michael Barra. Should I call him in right now? Oh, all right. So, yeah, give him a call. So, what's going on, Mike? Do you go by Mike, Michael, Mr. Barra? Absolutely, Mike. Okay. <laughs> all right, good. All right. You don't want us to go by ancient alien theorist or anything like that? No. Or, okay. Mike, you could go with my porn name, you know, Long Dong Mike. 
don't know. Oh gosh. Gotcha. Wait, that's your porn name? My, <laughs> yeah. My porn name. Did you ever do the uh, the porn name? It's like your first pet and your mother's maiden name. <laughs> what? I'm yeah. Ru- I'm Ruben Lowe. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Ruben, Ruben Lowe. Yeah. I'm Ruben Angelo Lowe. Tortorello. <laughs> Fucking that's stud. That good. That's say that's funny. That's one of the things I do uh, when I get recognized. You know, which happens. People are like, dudes. A lot of times it's dudes. And they're like, and have we met? We've met before. When have we ever met? Do I, are you friends with Joe Blow? And I'm like, no, no. I, I do gay porn though. And, <laughs> especially if they have a girlfriend. I say I do gay porn, and then you watch the panic cross their face. They're like, no, no, no. Ancient aliens, right? And you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love that show. They're like, oh no, wrong guy. Sorry. Now, what if they went with it and they're like, yes, yes, that dude, that bottom. That has never happened. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a first time, Mike. You gotta be careful. And do we? Can we curse on this or or not? Yeah. Oh, good. I can f bomb then. Fuck. All right. Just do it. Just do it for fun. I just want to say, just fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tonight. Um, Poop Culture, we have a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, he's written Dark Mission, uh, Secret History of NASA, The Ancient Aliens on Mars series, and The Choice. And cue it up, My Dog Barking, which happens at the beginning of every freaking episode. Uh, he's also one of the stars of History Channel's Ancient Aliens and Animal Planets Uncovering Aliens, which I liked and then I couldn't find anymore. But Mike Barra, is it Barra or Barra? It's Barra, you fucker. It's Barra. Oh, yeah. Damn. They told me. Sorry, folks. They told me I could curse, so I wanted to get at least one f bomb in. He is really kidding. excited about he the f bomb. Yeah. Super, super, <laughs> duper excited. About By it. the way, you'll probably hear my dog bark at some point too, because it's his name fine. is is Barkley, and guess what he does? He he barks a lot. So they're, they're sure that'll As soon as yeah. they see you get like you're on the phone, oh, you're yeah. trying to watch Ancient Aliens, they gotta fucking there you go. bark. There you Why don't go. you just That's give him Benadryl? <laughs> oh, that's a good idea, but I don't know. PETA might be after us. Instead, they, they had a rash or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, right. This episode is pretty much about aliens, UFOs, and whatever. Mm-hmm. We started doing, I don't know if you saw it on our Twitter, we uh, did an alien movie tournament. No, I did not see that. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we can run through the movies and get uh, let's do your, that. your feedback real quick. Let's All do right. that. So let's, uh, let me pop this open. What are you popping open? Uh, the list of movies. Okay. Oh, okay. First in the bracket, we have The War of the Worlds versus Aliens. Which War of the Worlds is my first question. Well, we uh, we left it open to interpretation, but I guess most people are figuring that it's the Tom Cruise version. Um, well, I think you got to go with Aliens in that case because of that. I thought the Tom Cruise version absolutely blew. I mean, I just, it just sucked beyond words. I mean, and the scariest thing about it too, is that there's this one shot where he's walking, you know, right, right after the thing, it starts, the ground starts to rumble and he's walking, uh, I guess towards the town square and you look up and you see the gas prices and they're like a dollar 50 a gallon. And I mean, <laughs> that was the scariest moment for me thinking that in 2005, when they shot that thing, gas was only a buck fifty a gallon. I was like, "Wow, that's really yeah. great." Anyway, um, you know, the Tom Hanks movie—it sucked. The Tom Hanks movie—it sucked. I mean, it was just like you know, I was sitting there watching it actually a couple of weeks ago. It was on, and I, I just thought to myself, "Wow, there isn't one likable human being in this whole thing. Every single character is just 
uh, you just hate them. And that the Dakota Fanning screaming every 30 <laughs> seconds at the top of her lungs. And I just like, wow, I wanted everybody to die. And it just wasn't <laughs> the same. It wasn't the same as, as the War of the Worlds from the 1950s, which was creepy and scary. And it had Gene Barry and it had the... The, the pulsating heat ray and and the scary alien neck coming out of the the uh, the crashed uh, asteroid thing and I was like wow that was a great movie so anyway I would have to go with uh, aliens in that case. all right good well you know what ninety eight percent of the voters and I'm shitting you not went with that War of the Worlds only has one vote yeah because it sucked and it we just sucked. established that right, right right we just established that so next in the bracket this one could be tough. Maybe not. E.T. versus Predator. Oh, God. You know, that's, that's a tough call because when I saw E.T. originally, I was like, wow. And I, was, I am old enough to have seen it in a the theater. I was like, wow, it's such a great movie. It was so delightful and fun and all that stuff. But then, you know, it doesn't wear on you very well. Like a lot of Spielberg movies, except, except for Jaws maybe, they don't wear very well. You know, they get more and more irritating the more you watch them. Yeah. So, um, and Predator, of course, is a is a classic. The only thing I will say, working against Predator, is that there's no female nudity in it. Oh. Therefore, oh, I have hard to nipples. go. I have to go with ET. I have to go with ET. Wow! Wow! If there's really female nudity in ET. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> already, we're quickly off track, and we're into the gutter. <laughs> You're, Not the gutter, uh, but the sewer. This is poop culture, so we're in the right. sewer. Right. You're, uh, you're against the green on that one. Uh, yeah. E.T. Okay. only has 21% of the votes. And uh, yeah. well, Predator is kind of tearing it up right now. That's I just, be, pre- Predator that's, just let me down. It let me down. You know? oh. Really? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I thought the scene where he covers himself in mud and he's hiding from... Oh, man, it was classic. All right. Well, well yeah. Although I, mean, I thought the scene where E.T. got drunk, that was pretty classic also. Yeah. yeah. But Predator... Bad. Predator gave us the line, I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> I right. ain't got time to bleed, yes, by my former governor, Jesse Ventura, the brilliant genius Jesse <laughs> the, the Ventura. Uh, it also had Carl Weathers in it, and the only part he ever had besides Apollo Creed, which I think you have to really give uh, give him some credit for wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, he was Action it, Jackson. <laughs> That's right. You can't, you you killed can't me. forget I that. I forgot about Action Jackson. Wow. How did I miss that? I must be getting old or something. Now. Mike, right. Mike, we thought you knew what you were talking about. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm done now. I'm done now. All right. Let's move it to the next one. I think this one will be tough for you. I, I think this is right in your wheelhouse, but I think I know what you're going to pick. So this is Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus Independence Day. Oh, Independence Day. Oh, Independence wow. Day. Whoa. Because because yeah, I see that coming. Because it had alien destruction, which was really cool. Although I thought the aliens were lame looking and their ships were lame looking. But for me, it was Will Smith saying welcome to Earth. That was a good one. And um I think I think the other thing that Independence Day had going for it was the fact that we were lucky enough that the aliens had uh, dial-up modems in AOL because if they didn't, we wouldn't have been able to save ourselves. <laughs> Thank God that virus for that. In there. That's yeah, right. That's Thank God. Um, yeah, just because it was nasty aliens, the whole good aliens thing. You know, although it's interesting because because really, um, y- you know, there's some stories that Close Encounters was actually based on a real program called Project Serpo, which was this exchange program where we sent twelve 
military astronauts to another planet. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to say we aliens. sent foreign exchange students to another planet. Well, no, no. <laughs> you mean you mean like Sh- Shannon Elizabeth? Yeah, she never <laughs> came back. She never came back. That's why nobody's seen her since 1999. She's just so, getting her degree. Leave her alone. Just discussing that the other day. Whatever happened to Shannon Elizabeth and her, uh, know. you know, her assets? She's, uh, first she's a webcam model now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just waiting for the next Jack Frost sequel. Yeah. She's oh, in God. Eastern Europe somewhere. You mean Jack Frost or Jack Reacher? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Jack Reacher around. All right, so let's get to the, the next <laughs> Jack one. We got, uh, this one's tough. I had a hard time with this one, but the uh, statistics don't really back that. Other people did not. Uh, the Thing versus They Live. Oh, The Thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they live had had its moments, uh, you know, when the, when all the aliens, everybody can suddenly see the aliens and the, and the girls on top of the alien. And he's like, what's the matter, baby? That was a classic moment. But I think that the thing is one of the creepiest, freakiest, scariest, nastiest movies I've ever seen and just had me on the edge of my seat the entire time, you know, and and. I think my favorite moment was when the guy says, you know, if you, if you, I know you guys have been under a lot of pressure, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd really rather not spend the rest of the summer tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> that, that was great. There were some great lines, you know, I don't know what's out there, but it's weird and pissed off. I mean, there were just some great lines in that. And I, I really enjoyed that film. Jay, I got a question for you. What's up? How the fuck did you come up with the, like, how did the thing and they live? That's like mean. Here's what I did. Okay. Yeah, it's a, t- I... it's a tough call. I mean, you have to give up well, something E.T. versus really Predator, about. right? Right. I yeah. knew the World of Worlds was going to lose, so might as well just put that up against <laughs> Aliens. You know? Yeah. So you I didn't tried do this make... at random? Well, I tried to think what I was going to say would be top seeds versus bottom seeds, but also middle seeds versus middle seeds. I kind of based it on, like, the NFL playoffs. Okay, all right. Got it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So we're, like, in the Kansas City Chiefs section right now, right? Yeah, we're That's in, where we're right. at. It looks like we're in the middle. Yeah. Uh, all right, but th- I don't know. Like, the, Okay, so here's the next one, and this this was another landslide. Starship Troopers versus Fire in the Sky. Starship Troopers. I mean, yeah, come on. It was just on last night. It, all those great lines, all that terrible acting, all titties. the great bugs, the titties. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say about it over uh, – what was the other – I don't even remember what the other movie is, is now. So you don't need to know. It said on, Starship it's Troopers. Fire in the Sky. That's a, supposedly a true story. No, it is. It is, you know, and I've, I've met Travis Walton on a number of occasions. Travis is a great guy. I really like him, and he's definitely telling the truth. And the movie, unfortunately, was – was was actually creepier than what actually happened to him, which was fairly mild by comparison. But, um, but you know, I mean, having said that, it was a little slow. And yeah. that's all the you can say about this scene, though, was uh, when, they're, uh, when they got him on that, that blanket thing over him and they're putting the shit in his uh, eye. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Not a fun Saturday evening for Travis on that, that one. But rough, rough See, I, I always but, liked Fire in the Sky, but I always wanted to, since it had D.B. Sweeney in it, do yeah. a mashup between Fire in the Sky and The Cutting Edge. Oh, there <laughs> you go. Just kind of merge them into one movie. The rollerblading movie? It was it was figure skating. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Hey, DB, DB scored quite a bit back in those days, so I, I, sure. I don't feel sorry for him at all. But it would be oh, so well, much of a better movie if, at the end, Maura Kelly, you know, does a pirouette and then rips her face off to reveal she's the alien. You know? Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you she go. Was those hot. Were, 
Right, let's keep speaking going. Speaking of that, speaking let's of that, going. I'm scanning. I'm scanning Shannon Elizabeth's nude pictures right now. Uh, Very nice. Just uh, yeah. we've had just other so you guests know. take their pants off. Just don't tell us. It's no, nice. I had. I, I've never actually had pants on during oh, this interview. Uh, that's so. fine. That's yeah. fine. You know, you don't have to share it. But uh, okay, so we're gonna get into the. <laughs> these are a little bit rougher, and they're actually a lot closer. Um, okay. So this one right here, uh, this one pains me. So we got critters versus Mars attacks. I, I hate to pick a Tim Burton movie, but I kind of got to go with Mars Attacks for oh. one reason and one oh. reason only. Tom Jones. It had freaking Tom Jones in it. I mean, it had Tom and his Jones. That's right. So, uh, yeah. Critters and actually, had Johnny Steele. Well, you know, He's Critters had the best rocker in the world and best bowler in the universe. Did oh. you say best rocker in the world? Yeah. There you go. Hello. Hello, Shannon. We're giving out titles pretty liberally around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They did cast. I don't know if you remember the movie, but they they almost casted the the character Charlie in vain of like Lenny from of Mice and Men and fucking Simple Jack. So like you can't oh. beat that. Well, that isn't that John Malkovich, wasn't he Lenny in of Mice he and was. Men? He was. Yeah, that's yeah, so. Wearing those those really high Frankenstein kind of shoes that Bono wears to make himself <laughs> look five six. But if you're yeah. gonna be stupid, you gotta have good posture. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think Charlie had good posture. So let's move on to the next one. This one surprised me too. Uh, we got Superman versus Hitchhiker's mm. Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, and the original. Su- original. Talking the original Superman original. with Christopher Reeve and what's her face, the nasty Margot Mar- Kidder. Mar- okay, yeah, yeah. Margot Kidder. Um, and what was the other? What was the other movie? Uh, again? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, you know that's a that was a funny book, and it was a great miniseries, but it was a terrible movie. So I I, I think Agreed. I gotta go with Superman. Oh, I gotta go with Superman. Like, you didn't like most deaf? Was he really in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy oh. with the towel. He oh. was Ford Prefect. Oh, yeah. he was Ford Prefect. I didn't realize. Yeah. That's See, I'm a huge Hitchhiker's Guide fan. Yeah. What and was as much as I like the 2005 one. The yeah. original miniseries is oh. leaps and yeah. bounds. It's just unfortunate that it has the production values of a high school play. Yeah, well, that was the old BBC, you know. I mean, it just that's just the way things were. But um, yeah, I, I just can't go with that movie. It just it's like it's too much stuff to cram into a two hour um, a two hour movie. It should be three movies, and even then, it might be kind of funny, but kind of in a nineteen seventies, I used to read sci fi novels kind of way. Right. All right, so let's get into the last one. This is this has one of my personal favorites in it, and, and one losing. of my personal so favorites. So you you have to you have to vote my way. All right, All right. here we go. It's Coneheads versus. Uh, it's called Dark Angel, but it's also called I Come in Peace. I come in peace. I should know. It's got what alien it is. drug dealers in it. Oh yeah, with the guy who looked like Luke Dolph, from General Hospital, Dolph Lundgren, that was that was stabbing people in the back of the neck, and Dolph Lundgren. Definitely, yep. I come in peace. Definitely, Boom. I come Fuck in peace. Yeah. I think Whatever. I have to go with Whatever. that. Episode over. Boom. Anything with anything with <laughs> Dolph Lundgren in it goes to the top of the list right away. Yes, I think. I mean, even, even Masters of the Universe. All right. Well, yes. Just, Did he not know. look exactly <laughs> like the He-Man action figure? I mean, oh, and Frank Langella was Skeletor. Did you got? I mean, he was. It was amazing. Wait, that's two the different only... movies now. No, no, no. It's the same on? movie. Masters of the Universe. The only way it could have been better is if people... Oh, you're talking about Dark Angel. Well, listen, but... listen, Jay. Dark Angel, fucking Masters of the Universe, and Punisher are all the same thing. I think right. they shot that one What, is the, what are the votes? Who's winning in the, in the polls? All right, well, actually, 
Coneheads is winning 60% uh, to 40%. It's very yeah. close. Uh, that's because other that, people don't, not enough people know that really bad. You know, like, there's always some movie. excuse why your Homer movies. And now. do you guys remember the very last line that yes. Dolph Lundgren rooted? What was it? It was, I come you in go peace. in pieces. It, you go in pieces. <laughs> Boom, here's the dynamite. Blow you up. That was awesome. Fucking that was great. Awesome. You go in pieces. Yeah. All okay. right. So, well, thank you Good. very much for uh, going to the turn, giving us all your answers, which are amazing. I think you agreed <laughs> with most of us. Uh, any way I can help, guys? Any but, way I can uh, help? Let's uh, let's let's move on this a little bit. Um, so I, I did read that you're a 9/11 truth movement debunker. Uh, first off, you know, thank God. Uh, and and secondly uh like what's the most asinine thing you've heard these fucking truthers come up with that's been debunked um uh, well there's a lot of them god there's so many i think i think the top one is that you know uh jet fuel doesn't burn at 2300 degrees and and that's when steel melts well let me tell you steel doesn't have to melt in order for it to fail as a structure because you only have to heat it up to about two-thirds of that heat, like about 1,400 degrees, to get it to weaken enough when you've got tens, if not hundreds of thousands of tons of steel and concrete above that gaping, (laughs) oozing wound in the Twin Towers to make it come down. So that's the dumbest one. Another one was that um, they said the airplanes couldn't possibly have hit the uh, buildings at 400 miles an hour because because a, a jetliner couldn't go 400 miles an hour at sea level because the air was too dense. And I pointed out that they were at high altitude and then they dove into low altitude and they absolutely certainly could go that fast. I mean, I worked on I worked on 757s. I worked on 767s. I worked on the structural engineering. Believe me, they're strong enough to uh, to maintain that kind of speed. And so that stuff. And then there's the thing where, where you can clearly see the silver aluminum polished 757 hitting the Pentagon. And people keep saying, that's not, that's not a plane, that's a missile. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're talking yeah. about a security camera from 2001 that had a frame rate of like like uh, uh like one every 10 every tenth of a second it took a frame and it just it's just ridiculous i mean i can go through tons of it but the thing is is that i'm just saying i'm not saying there wasn't some conspiracy to get us into a war i'm not saying any of that stuff i'm just saying you don't need anything except pissed off muslims flying airplanes in the buildings to bring those buildings down and it's mike, just mike what about come on. i i heard this this is a real this theory really got me thinking uh-oh. That the buildings were blown up by directed energy weapons from space. Particle Ooh. beams. Particle beams from space. Yes. Did you hear that the, one? Uh, yeah, I heard that one. That's good. And that's the same people that are the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, who were supposed to be this bunch of geniuses, have come out and said flat out that, oh, yeah, it was the leader of that group said it was a directed energy particle beam weapon from from a satellite. And that the airplanes are actually holograms. I guess not really airplanes. <laughs> That's the, the other one. Got me. It's like, fuck, seriously? Okay, yeah, right. Jesus, Why? we can have a whole episode about these wouldn't, fucking Wouldn't cards. it be easier to just hijack airplanes and fly them into buildings? Wouldn't that actually be easier? than? It would, unless you wanted to test your directed energy alien space weapon. <laughs> Jesus. I've got actually, there actually is some footage of that, but it's it's shooting at flying saucers in space from the space shuttle. It's not, you know, <laughs> flying you Blow up the World Trade Center. Uh, well, Mike, okay. well, let me ask you then. Like you just said, 
you know, you were a structural engineer, so obviously you will know these things. So that's good. You know, you know what the fuck you're talking about. And you did that for like 25 years or something. Yeah, way too long. You, yeah. yeah, and then you worked for Boeing or whatever. When and how did you become involved with uncovering secret history and hidden agendas within NASA? Did you just like wake up one day and you were like, ah, fuck NASA. Like what the, like, how did you come up with that? Like you just dropped everything and went this way or what? Well, I hate to admit it, but I'm, I'm old enough to have actually watched the moon landings. And, um, as a little kid, I, I just, I knew there was something wrong. I mean, like from the time I was born, I didn't trust the authorities and authority figures. And, and that's how you end up being, you know, libertarian is that you, you, you just kind of don't take people's word for it <laughs> until you check it out yourself. And fortunately, I am reasonably gifted in, in terms of uh, intelligence, I guess, and I'm able to figure out a lot of things for myself. And there were just many things about the moon landings that didn't make any sense to me. Like I, my dad was an engineer at Boeing and I was like, dad, you know, we have a color TV. How come this picture's not in color? And he was like, well, I don't know. And then I find out later that they had a great color camera that they wouldn't let him take to the surface of the moon. They ordered them to leave it um, aboard the command module so that it didn't actually descend to the surface of the moon. And the reason for that was is that they were really worried about what you might see in the background, which is alien shit. And um, and they wouldn't let him take literally it. They wanted, they wanted to make sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, not literally alien shit, but stuff, alien stuff it's possible. in the background. There, there could have been and, alien shit. And so I just to answer the question, I think I was just born this way because from the time, the earliest time I can remember – I, um, I I just simply did not believe a, a lot of the things I saw on TV and a lot of the things I read in different magazines and newspapers, and I was always questioning them. And you know, more often than not, I found out that what NASA would say was not always true. It was just generally not true at all. So that's what ended up happening with me, and it kind of just evolved into a career at some point. <laughs> so at some point you just got paid for it so that's good yeah yeah a little bit anyway you know <laughs> not that so going back into dark mission you know one of your books you talk mm-hmm. about the face on mars and you know you talk about sedonia and <clears throat> and right from the get-go nasa attempted to debunk the whole face taken or the face picture that was taken by viking what was that in, in 76 or 75 1976 yeah 76 okay one. uh but they say that you know then they went over again and took the picture hours later and it wasn't there. And obviously I've heard, you know, your story there. Um, but obviously there has, there been other pictures taken on Mars from various missions that have, you know, that face and like, what's the best evidence now in 2016 that, you know, indeed there is a face and NASA is full of shit. Well, this is one of the funniest things. I was just thinking about this the other day, which is that back back when uh, Mars Observer, which ended up not making it officially anyway to Mars, was headed to Mars in 1993, the guy who controlled the camera, Dr. Michael Malin, who is um, definitely not a fan of the face on Mars, uh, he said that the chances of actually getting a picture of something the size and, and, and uh, the square footage of the face on Mars would be like hitting the lottery. And since that uh, later probe, Mars Global Surveyor, arrived in 1998, NASA's managed to hit the lottery like 57 times because they have about 57 different pictures Jeez. of the face on Mars. So that's just an example of the kind of lies that they've told years and you know for years and years and years about this thing. And I think the best evidence is the really close-up, high-resolution Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter images of the face, which show a lot of detail and close up and what you can clearly see is that there are parts of it that have sort of been ripped away or eroded away and underneath you see 
a very distinctive um, mesh structural pattern of um, basically girders and rebar and all the things that you would expect out of something that had been constructed. And I can show you that stuff all over the face. And, and so that to me is, is the most compelling evidence. And there's other areas on the images that are even weirder because there's this cross-hatching pattern that you can see, like a, a mesh. And it doesn't align with the north-south of the photograph. It aligns with the actual texture and shape and, and direction of the, of the face structure itself. And, you know, either that's an artifact of the imaging process, which is really, really unlikely because it, it doesn't appear anywhere except on the face itself, or you're clearly looking at some sort of underlying 90-degree kind of a screen door mesh structure on the face. And that's, you know, definitely artificial when you look at it. There's no way it could be anything but artificial. And that's freaky, you know? I, I mean, I don't see how anybody can really argue the details when you get close up. So when you look at, uh, up very, very close, it looks artificial. When you look at it from medium distances, it has artificial characteristics. And when you look at it from far away, it looks like a freaking face staring back at you from the surface of the planet. And it's surrounded by lots of other pyramids and things that, that clearly are artificial also. For sure. And uh, today in the news, they're under fire again for turning off the live feeds. Uh, you know, it just seems to be an ongoing thing. You know, those people yeah. that follow those feeds, they, they constantly see NASA shutting them off when there seems to be any kind of UFO in the frame. Is that just right. a coincidence in your opinion? Or is this something that, you know, we should be up in arms about? Like why, why do you guys keep turning the shit off? Oh, hell no. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> of course they do, they do it on purpose. When they see something weird come into the frame, they turn off the cameras. They've, they've learned their lessons. They have a seven second delay. So they probably actually turn the cameras off a little later than you guys might've seen on the footage. And this is all done, you know, just basically to cover up the fact that there's stuff, floating around all over the place and there's stuff flying by the space shuttle all the time and the space station. So these are things that they've done for years and it's just really a consistent set of behavior for them. And, and they just, they're just trying to, you know, fulfill their political function, which is to make sure that they keep a lid on this stuff and don't let it get out of hand. And, you know, they don't want to give anybody the smoking gun. So Mike, you're saying that NASA is aware that there are, visitors from other planets and that they're covering it up oh yeah and in fact i've talked to people that have worked for nasa that have told me that flat out straight to my face that yeah you know we know all about this stuff but part of our job is that we're supposed to make sure that people don't see this stuff and it's How, weird though uh, because things do slip through the cracks and there's also another aspect of it where they do have to let us see this stuff they just can't admit that it's you know for real how uh, deep do you think this goes like this cover-up at least six inches. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, I mean, how, how deep is it going? It goes, it goes pretty deep. You know, I mean, I, I think that the vast majority of people that work at the agency don't really know much about this stuff. But, but, but do you think um, that our government's in any way communicating uh, with a different species from another planet? Um, yeah, I, I think that that's most likely the case. In fact, I'm writing a new book called Hidden Agenda, which is the subtitle is NASA and the Secret Space Program. That's what I'm working on right now. And I'm going to kind of go over that evidence in the book. So I'm not going to give you an answer right now. I'm going to make you read the book. But no, but yeah, I know. Is it going to be on Audible or anything? They might sponsor. So like, yeah, you got to get it on. It's going to have it's going to have its own Pokemon character. If you can find it, if you find the Pokemon, in the Barnes and Noble bookstore, then you get you get a copy yeah, of the book. I find it hard stuff. to believe that 
everybody in this country is not paying attention to what's going on while we're out chasing Pokemons, wrecking our cars in the trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah finding it was dead good. Bodies and shit, <laughs> it was only a matter of time before that happened. It wasn't a lot of time. It was like a week. Yeah. yeah. So. Mike, you're naysay- you have you have lots of naysayers. Anybody that believes in this stuff is going to have some. Sure. Um, and they attempt to debunk all the stuff that you say about the face on Mars, the DNM, you know, the city up there and all that. Yeah, the fact is the fact the fact that they argue with everything that I say should exactly. kind of tell you. What what do they say? Um, what do they say about me? Yeah, like what kind of things do they they say to like kind of debunk what you believe? That's sort of close to okay, that could be acceptable, you know, and stuff that's just like what? Like, there's no way. Well, they don't. They just make stuff up. They claim I said things that I never said. They they try to put words in my mouth. I mean. I don't think that what they say has any credibility, so I don't really pay any attention to it. I mean, I haven't really responded to anything they put out for like two, two and a half years now. And I have a page on my on my blog um, that's dedicated to just responding to stuff that they put out. And I said, you know, I left it at that. I figured knocking down what they've said, you know, 15 or 20 times is enough. And then I just kind of let it go from there. So I, I don't really read it or respond to it anymore. I, I mute their emails, which is kind of amusing because I know they're sending me emails all the time and I'm just ignoring them. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I really, I, I can't tell you. I mean, that basically what they try to say is that I'm making all this stuff up, which is ridiculous because the fact is is that there's i don't have time to look at all the artificial anomalous stuff that's all over mars i just literally don't have time i mean the the idea that i would have to fake stuff or make stuff up to have something to write about is crazy because the fact is i could write i could write a mars book every six months and it would be full of completely new stuff every time and so that's kind of the gist of it so i can't really help you with that one you're gonna have to Gonna have to I'll, read we'll have their to go stuff. to your website and read your rebuttals to them. And yeah, I know it's the thing is, is that you just what they want you to do is waste all of your time and energy rebutting them, and I just kind of done with it. So yeah, well that's good. That oh, fuck them, fuck them. Yeah, yeah. fuck well, them and fuck them in the neck. Actually, <laughs> oh, you can... <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> well, if you look at our new logo, that. That's well, what it looks I'll, like Mark's uh, doing. Uh, yeah, the thing the thing is is that the main ringleader behind this and they they create all these fake identities and try to pretend like there's a whole bunch of them and there's really only two or three guys and you know, I mean, they use fake identities. So that right there, the fact that the guy doesn't even want to admit his real name. Um are they Joe Blow people? Or are these like people that are high up in NASA? Oh no, no, no. There's no the one guy, the main the main ringleader is uh the main ringleader is a guy that used to uh work uh for Carl Sagan's Planetary Society or be a member of that. And he's very embedded in the whole um he's not a NASA guy, but he's very embedded in computer sciences and things like that. And and he wrote he was uh he was in favor of some oddball uh internet uh, exchange language or something that ended up being, you know, like Betamax. And uh, he's always said, oh, no, this is the way we should have gone. It was a better way than the way we ended up going. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of people we're talking about. So. It's like they are to you what you are to the 9-11 truthers. And their I, gu- I guess. I mean, you know, I don't mean – the thing is I don't mean to be a dick to the 9-11 truthers, but I just can't – if you know, I can't let things that aren't be. true go by. You, you go by. And, I mean, why is it so hard to believe that, that – you know, a bunch of pissed off Muslims flew airplanes into buildings. It's like the South Park episode, you know? Yeah. Just, well, I mean, maybe if they had tried to blow it up in the early 90s or something, then maybe I would believe it. 
Well, yeah. You know, the thing is, what it comes down to, though, is if you dig into it, what you see is, I think, at the core of all this 9-11 stuff is it's either the Jews, i.e. Israel, which tells you one thing about these people, or they're, they're Bush haters. You know, it's George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. You know, George W. Bush and Dick Cheney po- poisoned the water in Flint, Michigan, too. You knew that, right? Um, you know, it's just it's like they may they're not great guys, but it's like, you know, there's just that's kind of what it comes down to. And it's it's just they just want to stretch it so much. I'm like, dude, seriously. OK, you, you can hate Bush. That doesn't mean he flew airplanes in the buildings by himself. <laughs> he piloted the aircraft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I you know, that's what I was like to say is, you know, he flew airplanes in the buildings. Well, since we're, we're we're talking about ignorance, you can call me ignorant or whatever you'd like here, but. You're an ignorant fuck. Uh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you just love it. How, how the hell do you make, you know, going back to the, uh, you know, Mars trips and stuff, how, how do they make these orbiters that can go and take pictures of Mars, but they can't find or have no proof of what happened to the fucking Malaysian Airlines Flight 370? Yeah. You know, like, how do they make that shit, but they can't figure out shit that's going on here? How can you uh... not feed starving people and shit, but you can make an $800 million fucking piece of machinery that'll fly a year away. They can do very, very good, high-quality stuff with Mars stuff. But then, like you say, the airplanes, why do they not... Why are there not GPS and cameras on every airplane everywhere in the world at all times? I mean, there is no reason why we couldn't have cameras... Looking at the, you know, looking back from the tail section, from the tail section forward, from the nose cone backward, looking at the engines in flight, looking at the the crew in the cockpit, looking at the passengers in the cabin, looking inside all the restrooms. I mean, literally, you should have. There's my dog. You should. You literally should have um, constant information and visual images being recorded and uploaded through the satellite system at all times. And there's there's absolutely no reason that any plane should ever not be found. You should be able to see exactly what happened to it at any given moment because now, wait, all that technology exists. It, it exists was, right was now. Was it aliens? Do you think it was aliens? It could have taken I a think, whole plane? I think it was aliens. I no, do. No, no. I'm for real. I'm for no. Do you think no, I, no, I, no, no, no. I think I think it was hijacked by the pilot who I think was probably a, um, you know, a Muslim radical and I well, the last what we know from the radar, the radar last tracked on Thai radar, it you know, it it flew up to high altitude where they probably suffocated the entire group of passengers and then it came back down to altitude and it, it flew in it, it basically started following another 777 flight right through Thai airspace so it was matching speed height speed and altitude with another aircraft and i think basically what it did is that they just turned off their radar transponders and followed that plane all the way to pakistan or someplace like that that's around it was on that track so that's what i think happened to it um the question is did it did it make it to its destination what's it going to be used for who's got it you know but i mean that the last thing we saw was we saw it basically following another triple seven and a good pilot from triple seven pilots i've talked to a good pilot could fly close enough to another airplane that it would be tracked on radar as a single ping so Man, I didn't, I didn't think you'd go into that 
into it that deep. But you, wow, sorry, I've well, never, I've never heard I of form, any theory like I form that. Opinions. That's interesting. I'm sold. Yeah, no, go look it up. Go look <laughs> it up. <laughs> I, I may be wrong, but that was the last information that I got that I really felt strongly that's pretty about. Solid. That's yeah. Pretty, that's pretty yeah. Damn good. I mean, it was last tracked following another triple seven along a track headed towards Iran, Pakistan, maybe even uh, Diego Garcia. Who knows? So um, that's what I think happened to it. And, you know, I have opinions on everything. You want to ask me about the flake gate? I got opinions about the flake gate. Just nah, 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 we'll Mike. Pass. <laughs> guilty. Guilty. I, I have a, I have guilty a question. As, guilty as sin. Yes. Anyway. Even if oh. not guilty, who cares? Oh. <laughs> now, Mike, I have a question. I, I saw something recently, and we were just talking about <laughs> Wait a minute. I'll tell you who cares. Everybody who bet against the Patriots in cold-weather games for the last eight <laughs> years. That's, that's who cares. Fuck the Patriots. Yeah, fuck them in the neck. Okay. I got to second that. Yeah, third. All right, sorry to interrupt Mark. you. I just oh, had sorry. to finish that thought. All right, my question is, um, I saw something recently, and I wanted to get your input on this. We were talking about the different photos that have been coming back from Mars, um, and I saw one of the most gorgeous photographs I've ever seen. What did you think about the uh, recently photographed Aurora Borealis on Jupiter? What, were, what did you see when you saw that photo? Well, I mean, it was really spectacular, and it's it's incredibly gorgeous. And, I, I mean, other than that, I don't I don't think there was anything really, you know, alien or too weird about it I, i'll just tell you as a kid growing up you know i never thought we would ever see images like this from space in my lifetime it seems so far away and so improbable and it's really so utterly amazing i mean there's another shot about five years ago it was it was basically saturn eclipsing the sun so it was like right. saturn from behind which i just i mean my jaw dropped and i all i can say is that they're just it's phenomenal and we live in a phenomenal world i mean i mean uh, the other night i was talking on my phone via messenger messenger facebook messenger i guess mm-hmm. uh, windows or windows messenger to a, a girl in real time yeah in, in yeah in yorkshire in, in the united kingdom and i mean think about that was impossible 15 years ago you know and i mean you guys are young enough you probably don't remember a world that wasn't like that but that's no, fucking that's fucking incredible you know, we just, there's incredible things that are happening around us all the time, every day, and sometimes we don't stop and appreciate them. And, uh, you know, like being able to pull up nude pictures of Anna Cherie, for instance, on your computer while you're doing the interview. The <laughs> Mike look is still the... looking at porn while he's, uh, he's uh, Is Playboy technically porn? I don't no, know. It's just Playboy Not anymore. Stuff. Not really. No, not anymore. Yeah. I don't think it ever was. It's very <clears throat> soft. Very yeah soft porn friend yeah Nothing. yeah i wasn't soft we got to get into this though um you love using the term tetrahedrons uh, you talk <laughs> about that like it's the next coming and the the significance of the whole 19 and a half degrees right you know and the pyramids and all that jazz explain to the people the significance of the tetrahedrons i love saying it Tet- i now i know why you like tetrahedrons it's a fucking i want awesome a gun word. that's called a tetrahedron want, gun. it sounds like a fucking missile launcher yeah uh, sounds awesome. yeah it does, it does. i want We're someone hit- to fight the autobots we're gonna hit you with the with the super tetrahedral overthruster. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, it's interesting because we're talking about this idea came from the monuments of Mars, as Richard Hoagland called them, which is this the series of pyramids and buildings, including the face on Mars, 
in the Sidonia region that appeared to have a set of mathematical relationships. And those mathematical relationships appeared to have something to do with circumscribed tetrahedra. That means a tetrahedron, which is a pyramid that's like the pyramids in Egypt, only it's only got four sides instead of five sides. I mean, the pyramids in Egypt have the four triangle sides and then a square bottom, right? This only has four sides and they're all triangles. That's a tetrahedron. And, and there was something about that mathematics that seemed to point to what Hoagland called hyperdimensional physics, meaning simply that energy uh, in this universe comes from higher dimensions. And when you spin something massive, you'll get energy output at this 19.5 degree latitude because that's where the tip of the tetrahedron will touch on the sphere if the pole is anchored at the north or south pole, which is a really complicated way of saying it. Basically what it means is that what the argument is, is that the tetrahedron is the base physical building block of all of the solid stuff in this universe. And that's what it's really about. That's what the, that's what the Martians were trying to tell us. That's what the aliens are trying to let us know. And that if you can master the concept of rotation, then you can gate unli unlimited amounts of power from higher spatial dimensions as the energy will flow through and you can then control and channel that energy and basically build flying saucers, warp drives, the whole, the whole Star Trek milieu becomes, you know, a possibility if you do that. So that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of tetrahedrons and why they're important. Tetrahedrons. All right. So that's, that's where it's all. I just wanted to say tetrahedrons, I think. Um, so just in terms of modern technology, I just kind of wanted to see where we're at with this. So from your structural engineer by trade you know from your perspective how long would it take to create the pyramids on earth but and, you know on the on the flip side though how long would it take an ancient civilization to create those same pyramids i mean is it realistic that they did this without technology well no and it's not realistic i mean that's the thing is you can't build the pyramids today. The technology does not exist to build the pyramids today because what they'll show you on TV is, you know, Zahi Hawass, who runs the, the Giza Plateau there, he'll show you, you know, how they take these limestone blocks and they break them. But these are these little tiny two-ton blocks. There are like 1,400-ton blocks inside the Great Pyramid that, that there's literally no crane on Earth that could lift them or move them into place. And they're trying to say they did it with, you know, uh, rolling them on logs and dudes and, you know, all these slaves pushing on them. And it's just, it's just not plausible. So what I think is that is that technology would have had to have been used, but it would be a different technology than, than that which we have. Not necessarily superior, but different because I think, honestly, that in the distant past, the laws of physics on this planet were a little bit different. So I think you could use vibration and sound waves and things in ways that you can't effectively use them today. You know, there's, there's uh, again, in, in the Secret Societies book, I talk about this idea that there was once a water vapor canopy over the planet Earth, which is why in, in the Bible, a lot of the characters lived to be 900 to 1,000 years old because we were protected from the cosmic rays. And that would imply, for instance, the atmosphere was much thicker. Well, maybe if the atmosphere was much thicker, maybe you could use low vibrational tones and create this sound wave that could lift and move and manipulate gigantic um, stones and structures. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But I think it would, whatever technology built the pyramids, it would have to be very different than the technology that we know today, because that is something that could be done today. I mean, if it could be done today, then why doesn't somebody who believes that put up the money and build us replicas? 
same size, stone by stone, and build like, a replica. Like the Luxor? And, yeah. Well, the Luxor, of course, is, you know. Isn't that the lesbian, gay, transgender uh, I got married hotel? at the Luxor. Yeah, it's now the LGBT, exactly. or what do they call <laughs> yeah. it? L- LBG, LGBT, LBG. It's all starting know. to make sense. All I, all I know is if you pick up a hooker at the Luxor, you better double check before you go up to the roof. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and you can no longer trust what bathroom she was in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, the Luxor. Now, Mike, you, you bring up an excellent By the way, here. by the way, wait a minute, just a second. Did you know that the, what right. the, the address of the Luxor is 3939... Uh, Las Vegas Boulevard, right? It's Las Vegas Boulevard, isn't it? Isn't that the main? Or is it the strip is Las Vegas Boulevard, right? Yeah, yeah. 3939. You know what 39 divided by 2 is? 19.5. You got it. Fuck yeah. What do I win? You're smart. For the win. Mind blown. Yeah. (laughs) That is pretty nuts. Well, somebody read your book before building it. I'm going yeah. to Atlantic City in a couple of weeks, and I swear to God, I'm going to look for the 19.5 square on the roulette table. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's there i'd like to bet 19 or 20 or somewhere between 19 and 20 yeah just bet 33 try that lose all your money that way bet 33 right. i'll take your word for it oh jesus well i found this one interesting only because uh well no it was more the one reason but uh you did contact in the desert in joshua tree uh and the thing that I found cool was the venue you guys were at was literally one mile away from where I lived in Joshua Tree when I was in the Marines. I was like mm-hmm. right down the road from that place. But uh, during Contact in the Desert, and, you know, one of the things that I heard you discussed, uh, you were talking about these secret spacecraft, and you had like a whole segment on, uh, you know, NASA having these alienistic—is that even a word—type uh, anti-gravity spacecrafts, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they're being used and whatnot. Uh, and then you talked about how the world jumped on board with Einstein and relativity, which led us to rockets, you know, whereas they could have jumped on with other scientists like, you know, T. Townsend Brown and, you know, been yeah. better off, you know, other ways. Can you elaborate on that? Because that was a cool story that you were telling there. Well, you guys are really on top of things. Um, yeah, actually, that's um, that that's kind of what I, some research I was doing for the book that I'm currently writing, which will be out in the fall, by the way. Yeah. Hidden Agenda, NASA and the Secret Space Program by Mike Barra from Adventures Unlimited Press. Um, yeah, there was a lot of exotic physics experimentation going on in the, the you know late 1800s and the early 1900s or 2000s, 19th, 20th century. And um, we kind of were moving in, in one direction, which was towards this very interesting experimental rotation stuff, fooling around with electricity. Tesla was doing a lot of that stuff. And instead, you know, Einstein comes along with his, um, his theory of relativity. And eventually then there was quantum mechanics that came um, following up on that stuff. And it kind of constricted us into this um, closed system concept where the universe is, you know, a closed system, meaning that like all the energy that ever existed, that never will exist in this universe was created at the Big Bang. And... They'll never, and you've all heard energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form, right? That whole law of physics. Sure. And you're you're never going to get more out of something than you put into it. And uh, there were other people that did a lot of experimentation with gravitation, like T. Townsend Brown, who found that if you took a disc-shaped object and you fired it up with very high voltage electricity, charged it up, that what would happen is is that the, um, the ions would separate into positive and negative poles and that the disc-shaped object would fall forward in the direction of the positively charged end of the disc. 
And that violates, like, every law of physics known to man. And there's people that argued the experiments weren't valid and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But basically, that was a completely different direction we could have gone in in physics that would have been observational and experimental as opposed to mathematical. And unfortunately, because Einstein was such a brilliant mathematician, people really bought into the whole mathematics thing. And you ended up on this path where nothing exists unless it's on a chalkboard. And the reality is, is that nothing that's on a chalkboard exists. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a chalkboard. It's just a guess. It's, a, it's an estimation from somebody's mind. So you kind of have this conflict between these two different concepts. I, I got confronted at Contact in the Desert by some trolls that were, you know, in one of my presentations. They were sitting next to Eric Von Daniken, by the way. That was pretty funny. And, um, you know, they, they'd asked me what degree I had in college. And, you know, well, maybe if you, you know, you'd finished uh, this or that or, you know, college, finished, this, got your degree in this or that, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd understand the math a little bit better. And I kind of said, really, guys, you think that whether I took a thermodynamics class in 1978 would have made a major <laughs> difference on what I think today? I, you know, I don't know if I quite buy that. But there is this mindset that basically <clears throat> knowledge comes from mathematical equations. And that comes from the Einstein, you know, very constricted, heavy side version of physics, the Sagan-esque version of physics, as opposed to the direction Tesla and people like Brown were going, which was, let's just do some fucking experiments and see what happens. And when they would find really, really unusual stuff, they would then go and try to explain them. In other words, do you try to guess what the universe is in the first place and then make the universe fit your guesses? Or do you just simply conduct experiments, make observations and then try to reverse engineer the universe from that. So Einstein was really big into his thought experiments. That's what he was known for, right? Well, no, he was really known for his mathematics and his working out of quantum, you know, and, not quantum you mechanics, know, uh, but, but Recently, with the gravitational wave theory, it's kind of tied in his theory of uh, um, his over – I forgot exactly what it's called. Well, oh, Jerry. Essentially that – yeah. You that, know those books on tape? I did a Einstein's biography on tape. <laughs> and actually, he was not that great of a mathematician, and he had a lot of his colleagues help him out with the math aspect of his, some of his theories. But I mean, That's recently, I did hear that the uh, they've discovered gravitational waves, and that mm -hmm. ties in his wave theory. It unifies it. Uh, the unified wave theory is what it's called. Well, and, uh, oh, go ahead. Mike. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. Let, no, I'm just let's say like so. They actually go, recently, Mike. I think he I just, died in the '50s <laughs> or '60s. And so recently, you know, 50-something years later, it's actually shown that his wave theory uh, was true. Yeah, I just want you to finish so I can utterly destroy you. Um, <laughs> no, no, actually, actually the, the gravitational waves are, are part of his belief that the universe is essentially geometric and that, that you know, basically large, massive gravitational sources like planets and stuff distort uh, the field, gravity field yeah, around, he did around that, a massive yeah. object, right? Now, the thing to remember about the gravitational waves is that they, they might exist. They do not confirm what mainstream scientists say they confirm, which is all of his theories of relativity. They're simply one aspect of it. They can also exist in a hyperdimensional theoretical concept, construct as well. So that doesn't, in other words, doesn't, doesn't really say anything one way or another for either theory. But the main thing about it is you have to understand that what they measured or what they claim that they think they measured amounts to um, a distortion that is equal to the distance. You're basically measuring, like if you were to measure the distance from the Earth 
to the next solar system, from our sun to the next nearest star, which is Alpha Centauri, which is about four light years away. Okay, so I don't know how many, how far away that is. But basically, if you take that distance and then you add the width of a human hair, that's what they're saying they detected, is the width of a human hair from four light years distance. And uh, excuse me, you know, forgive me, but I'm very, very skeptical that that's an accurate measurement. We shall see. Um, I think there has to be a whole bunch more confirmation of that before we can say it's actually been officially declared uh, a thing, because we're talking about a very, very, very minor calculation. Imagine that kind of a distance, um, you know, and and taking that and then measuring the width of a human hair and saying, oh, well, we've discovered, you know, there's a lot of room for error in there is all I'm saying. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm not like some Einstein theory homer. I just, just you know, keeping up with the news. And like I said, I've uh, listened to his biography. Huh. Well, <laughs> the thing is, you have to remember that that um, a lot of um, <clears throat> a lot of these um, you know, these news sites, these science news sites, they want you to believe in the mainstream guys. They want you to believe Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, the science guy, because they want to shove a lot of other shit down your throat, like global warming. But in, in reality, um, you know, they're, they're not reliable. So, yeah, you're hearing these reports from these news reporters, but they're usually not very bright people either. And they don't oh, really know how to they really don't know how to ask questions. So um, and they really don't ask questions because then their their press release access to NASA would not be the same. So I, I'm just I'm not saying it's not a, a gravity wave. I'm just saying that that's an awfully awfully tiny distortion so or tiny degree of not, measurement. Even though they come out in the news and they say, "Oh, it's been proven," it's not necessarily. It's proven. not proven. No, it's, it's not theoretically proven. It's, proven. it's the first observation that is consistent with the theory. I gotcha. Okay. But the observation may not be correct. Now, it's interesting. They will jump on stuff like that and say, oh, my God, this is absolute proof that Einstein is right. But, oh, but sure, there's yeah. been several experiments, several experiments where, where particles have been actually accelerated faster than the speed of light. And every time that happens, they're like, oh, no, no, there was a loose cable in the uh, 20, was, 20 mile, the 20 mile long accelerator. There was a loose cable. And I'm that was like, in the. Oh, yeah. uh, which which loose cable? Which specific cable was loose? And how do we know it was loose? You know what I'm saying? So there, right. that was anything. in the uh, the tetrahedron collider, right? Right. The uh, yeah, the uh, the. That's where they stars. smashed. They smashed I'm gonna reel this back collider. in. I'm really I'm gonna reel this back into the simplicity <laughs> side of things. Yeah, we're off on theoretical <laughs> physics, which yeah, I usually I don't, I don't even, even know really want to argue about. You got too deep about. for this. Let's talk about. Let's talk about Miss October Playboy 2015. I kind of had a feeling it was going to go back there. Let's, Got it. Uh, let's go fine. simple right here because this is what people want to know. Like, what <clears> kind <throat> of shit does NASA have then? Like, well, all that stuff that you just said, what do they have these secret NASA machines and, and stuff that are supposedly are – the and, and are they really located in Area 51 or is that place just a front? Well, Area 51 is at this Bush point. George Bush really an alien? George Bush is an alien. Um, he's a reptilian. So is the queen. Okay. Um, and so. the other thing is that is that I think what you're, you know, I don't think NASA has it. I think NASA is kind of a false front. It's sort of a, you know, it's like a, it's like those storefronts in the old Westerns and Hollywood movies. It looks like a real <laughs> store, but there's nothing, nothing behind it. So NASA is kind of the fake program. I, I think that the, the secret space program, which is what I'm writing about in my new book coming out this fall, Hidden Agenda, NASA and the Secret Space Program. Sorry, I just had to throw that plug in again. But, um, <laughs> 
you know, that that's that the secret stuff has really been held by them for a long, long time, like since about 1958. And I don't know that NASA has a lot of good stuff. Now, does NASA have way better pictures of Mars and some of the things on Mars than they've been releasing to us? Absolutely. They got tons of that stuff. Um, but that doesn't necessarily equate to they have all this super secret technology, although I think other divisions within the government and other sub-governments, secret governments within the government actually have had this technology for a long time. So that's my position on it. Gotcha. Now, we can't talk to Mike Barra and not bring this up. It's another cool fucking word. The Anunnaki. Especially, oh, yeah. I mean, your your whole, basically, the, the History Channel Ancient Aliens is almost based around the Anunnaki. Um these guys are said to be watchmen. You know, there's there's all different kinds of things. Uh, you know, that their bases were these uh, tetrahedrons on Mars. And how's all this stuff tied to them? Well, okay, I, you know, this is interesting stuff because my my last book was uh, Ancient Aliens and Secret Societies, which is out right now, and I I did a, dealt with an Anunnaki a lot um, in that in that book, and essentially the idea is from a guy named Zechariah Sitchin, who was a Sumerian scholar. He read Sumerian cuneiform text, the oldest written language in, in the world. And he started reading their creation myths. And basically what they said is that um, human beings, human beings are bodies anywhere, were, were created by this race who called themselves the Anunnaki, who came from a planet called Nibiru, which was on this elliptical orbit around our sun. And every 3,600 years, it would pass close to the Earth. And they came here looking for gold to help rebuild their atmosphere. And they were here for hundreds of thousands of years. Ballers. And at, and at some point, got um, tired of doing all the work themselves and decided that they would fashion a worker species from the Neanderthals or the Homo sapiens sapiens that were here. And themselves. In other words, we shall make man in our own image, which is what the original Sumerian says, as opposed to the Hebrew, which says, I shall make man in my own image, because the Anunnaki were a group of these alien dudes. And so essentially what we what we are is we're a cross between the natural species that were here on the planet and these guys, the Anunnaki, who came from another world that were very, very humanoid. And some people say they were physical giants. I don't know that I quite believe that, because they ended up mating with human females, you know, the whole thing, they saw the daughters of men and saw that they were fair and took for them, took them for themselves, you know, as un, under themselves as wives and all that stuff. I don't see how, you know, I don't see how guys twice as tall as Shaq could mate with human females. I think they'd have to be about our size. So that's the whole, well, you should Google that on the internet. Yeah. yeah I don't, really don't want to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> I do I live here. I Shaq mating with a female. Uh, no, no, God, no. <laughs> No. So anyway, um, so that's the whole the whole concept. But you of, you the, don't believe that we evolved on Earth then? Pretty much. Um, I, no, I think our genetics are some combination of of Earthbound and and alien genetics. I don't believe in evolution. Period. I mean, if you look at the fossil record, there's a great book by a guy, the late Lloyd Pye, wrote a book called uh, "Everything You Know Is Wrong," Book One: Human Origins, which I would highly recommend to anybody, where he lays all this out. The fossil record's really clear that what seems to happen on this planet is that species sort of spring into existence, just fully formed out of nothing, and they stay in stasis for about a million years, and then something comes along and wipes them out. 
And that's the history of basically every living thing on this planet. So there is no evidence whatsoever in the fossil record of, of direct transition from one species to another. In other words, dinosaurs are dinosaurs, plants are plants, tomatoes are tomatoes, people are people, and they don't seem to change from one form to another, which is in complete contrast, obviously, with what you know the, the Darwinists want to teach you. So, no, I don't, I don't believe in evolution. I believe in intervention. I believe somebody somewhere comes along and intervenes and creates, you know, the genetic, it just, it's just our bodies. I mean, really our bodies are not the most important things about us. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's our spirit, our soul. That's really what matters. So the last thing I got for you, Mike, so last night we did have a listener that sent a message or a tweet and I saw that you saw it. Um, but you had a book called, uh, ancient aliens in the moon. And we had a listener, his name was Cameron Jones and he wanted to know, what happened to the aliens that built the structures on the moon? But I'm oh, going yeah. to make it a two-part question for you to make it easy or make it harder because last night you said that they left, which is, I guess, a good answer. Um, but so second part of that, what were they doing building these structures on the moon? Do you think that they were mining helium-3 like I've heard before? Or what do you think they were doing there? Well, that's possible. But, you know, most of the resources that are available – in our solar system, I think are pretty abundant in the universe. I mean, gold is a rare, is a rare resource, but most of the other things that we talk about and fight over, like, you know, the, the aliens on these invasion movies like Independence Day or Battle LA, they're always coming here for the water, you know? And it's like, yeah, shit, you know, Neptune's nothing but hydrogen. So basically it's a, it's a giant planet of water. You'd suck Neptune dry before you'd ever bother with the Earth, right? So those things don't add up because a lot of these, these are, are uh, materials and resources are available everywhere. So what I think's going on or what has gone on on the moon is that you're seeing a series of epochs of development of various different visitors that were here doing different things on the earth. And again, if you look at the pattern of the development of life on earth, there are multiple different eras where you had, you know, you had the dinosaur era, you had the Cambrian explosion, you have the, the current dominance of the human race and whatever they were doing on the moon they, I think that they were here for us. They were here because they're interest, interested in us in some way. And that could mean that they manipulated us genetically, or that could mean that they're here trying to sort us out genetically, or they're here looking for some other thing that we have that they don't, that they need. And that's my best answer to that question. It's very vague. It's very speculative. But, you know, when you're talking about ruins that are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years old... How do you know what they were doing here? Um, exactly. So why did I they don't. leave? Tell, tell Cameron why they left. Or- well, I think that I, I think that either their job was done and they they left, or there have been a series of cataclysms in this inner solar system. We can definitely look at the history of the Earth. We can see craters and impact um, events, asteroids, and I think that there have been really cataclysmic disruptions of life on Earth. And perhaps maybe when something bad happens, they're like, well, we don't need to be back here for another, you know. 20,000 years until they crawl back out of the stone age. Let's go, uh, let's go have a beer in Alpha Centauri. I don't know. Um, I think that, that, that sometimes they get driven away by other cataclysms or, uh, or something shifts on the earth and they, they leave, but they definitely leave behind evidence that they were here. And that's what I'm really interested in. Gotcha. All right. Well, hopefully that answers Cameron's question and I'll let him know. And Mike, thanks a lot for coming on, first off, man. Your answers are great. Some went over my head, but I'll listen to it two or three times, and I'll be all the wiser. 
Yeah, thanks yeah, a lot. I, I did, yeah, and it was great uh, talking to you guys. Let's do it again sometime. For sure. sure. Uh, dude, I know you plugged it seven or eight times during the interview, but uh, please go ahead and uh, use this time to plug whatever you got to plug. Oh, okay. Well, you can catch up to me on um, on Twitter. I'm at MikeBarra33. That's B-A-R-A. So at MikeBarra33. I'm on Facebook. I have a, a personal page, which is usually pretty filled up, and I have a, a Mike Barra author page. Uh, you can catch me on YouTube. I got a YouTube channel with a lot of lectures and things. I'm going to try to update that more. I have my blog, which is MikeBarra.blogspot.com. Just search me in Google, and it comes right up. Um, and then I have a whole series of books out which are all available um, on Amazon.com or through Adventures Unlimited Press. The choice is available through New Page Books. Dark Mission and Secret History of NASA is out there from uh, Feral House. So I have a, a whole bunch of those things. Just basically type my name. Um, my books come up. And, uh, and buy my books because I would like to buy a Porsche this year. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, that's motivation. What we yeah, need is one go. more douchebag with a Porsche on the highway. Yeah, exactly right. How do you – how do you tell the difference between a Porsche and a porcupine? And, and a Porsche, the pricks on the inside. <laughs> I just wanted to point out to all your listeners, too, by the way, that the last time Russell Wilson was getting laid, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. So just keep that in mind, all right? Are you are you telling our our listeners who are mostly male to go have sex with Russell Wilson? No, no. It's oh, probably no. appropriate. No, he, just, he, he just he just got married, so he's, oh, he's getting, well, he's getting oh, married. Oh, no. Well, he's then he's a, not getting Then you're married. never he's winning all, the Super Bowl. No, he's all about that action again, man. No, uh, no. I, I, I think mean, we got that mixed up. No, no, no. When he was getting laid, we won the Super Bowl. When he got divorced, we didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, I don't think Remember, he's really pretty. religious. He's really religious, so he didn't touch any women while he was. He is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he Anunnaki secretly, do you think? I don't it's know. Too short. Some of that, it's too short. Some of, the, to be some of the stuff he comes up with, though, on the field is pretty amazing. So, anyway, <laughs> thank you guys. Thanks a lot for coming right, on, bro. Thanks a lot. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Blue